Hey, it's episode 17 of the TV Junk Podcast, and this is Yellow Jackets. Damn that television! What a bad picture! Don't get upset! Thanks for checking out the show. My name is Greg, and you can follow us on Twitter, TV Junk Podcast, as well as gmail.com if you want to send us any questions or comments. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but this is the number one rated television review podcast in Malaysia and Luxembourg, so a big shout-out to my two favorite countries, to every other country. Well, I guess you guys are all right. So on the podcast today, I felt that since the, when we did The Last of Us on the previous episode, I had three video game experts, so I figured it would be only fitting for Yellow Jackets uh, to have three soccer experts on the podcast. And uh, Zach, center-back position, how you doing? I'm great. Happy. Always love to play soccer. <laughs> Nuno, midfielder, welcome so, to the show. Thanks. Sounds good. Yep. And uh, of course, the sweeper is Sean. Yeah. I, hey, I used to play. I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. Are you the only one of us that actually has played uh, organized soccer or football? Possibly. I, I used to play when I was younger. Like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Nuno's probably better than me, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> no, it, it, it's just the hair. I have, like, soccer player hair, <laughs> yeah. but I don't have any of the skills. So, yeah, we Greg, wanted to... Greg, uh, sorry, sorry, Greg. Where, ahead, what, position, what position are you at right now? Oh, goalkeeper, of course. Okay. You know, just uh, <laughs> staying around, you know, picking blades of grass and uh, just waiting for my uh, my time to shine, you know? The the goalkeeper is, I think, one of the best positions because n- no one really expects you to ever to save anything. No, no, <laughs> yes. there's yeah, zero expectation. If you, if, if you do anything, people are pretty impressed. They're like, yeah. "Wow, how did he do it?" <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to live my life, you know, with very low expectations. And when something goes okay, it's a huge shock, uh, and everyone is very pleased. So yeah, we decided to do uh, Yellow Jackets. Uh, uh, got a lot of uh, a lot a lot of. Uh, uh, I guess it was a really popular show. A lot of people were talking about it last year when it aired, um, and I never got a chance to check it out. But uh, before season two started, we wanted to uh, get together and talk about season one. We're a little uh, about a week late um, from uh, the beginning of season two. But uh, so if you haven't seen any of season one, stop right now. Go. Watch all nine hours, and then come back and listen to this pod. But but don't watch season two because we're not going to talk about that. And although one of us has already watched episode one, so no spoilers. Sean, I'll do my best. When when this show first uh, came on, like like this was under my radar um, when it first debuted on on Showtime last year. Was this uh, something that you that you wanted to uh, check out right away, or did you wait till like the popular word of mouth started happening? Uh, Nuno, uh, when did you get a chance to first check out this show? I started watching it as it was airing. I think I think it it started at the end of 2021, and it seemed to be one of those shows that started production soon after all the lockdowns because I think it had a lot of buzz around it um, because, you know, there wasn't a lot of scripted television like um, or prestige television coming out at the time. And, you know, I think with the cast and uh, who was it? I think it was, it was a bunch of celebrities were talking about it. There were, there seemed to be like a kind of like a, uh, a groundswell movement of like people in industry kind of, 
saying you got to watch Yellow Jackets. So maybe I was a few episodes behind. Uh, what about you, yeah. Zach? Um, yeah, mine was pretty similar. I mean, I kind of, um, I, I don't know if I started right when it was airing, but I, I do remember that there was a, was there a gap or something when it was on originally? Cause I, I remember watching some, so, I mean, I started watching a little bit while it was still airing. I kind of, I think I got up to about episode five, I think I got, and then I kind of, I don't know if I lost interest, but, um, I just stopped at a certain point and didn't forgot to come back, but rewatching it now i went back and I, when i got to about episode five i was like okay now i understand why i stopped <laughs> watching <laughs> at this point i mean it does get it does actually get i think better in the last half of the season but i i kind of was like yeah i can see why i lost interest even though i'm the second time through i was more interested or interested slash forced uh required to uh <laughs> view it for the for the pod but um I did uh, like it more the the second time, but it, it is a bit of a slow going going episode by episode. It's a very slow show. I, I so I can see why I would lose interest in a non and going week to week from for me at least. And what about you, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to watch it at the time when it was airing, just didn't get to it, and then. Um, I, I agree, Zach. I think I, I preferred kind of not not really binging it, but watching it like in quick succession, like I, waiting week to week. It might have been harder, but uh, but yeah, it was good catching up right before season two, and and yeah, then I started watching season two. So I I'm glad that I was uh, forced to watch this. <laughs> forced to watch it. Well, I mean, the so other I- thing is Alicia was wa- wanted to watch it. And I was like, okay, well, wait, because I'll watch it with you. And then whenever that happens, you know, it never, I never get around to it. So then she just watched right. it without me. Uh, but now I'm glad to be caught up. I watched uh, the whole season pretty much in the last uh, three days or so. Um, nice. I, I find that, uh, um, and I don't know now if I'm watching television just for the podcast now, because I find that. I'm able to, I think, talk about it a little better um, if I've, you know, recently uh, binged it all. Um, but then I thought, oh, this almost feels like work that uh, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to plan my week and figure out when I got to watch this nine hours of television and uh, fit it in with my regular job and everything else that I do during the week. Um, so uh, I think that's why I appreciate shows like Night Court. It's like mm-hmm. a half hour. I can just uh, check out all the zany antics of the of the new Lower Manhattan Circuit Court, and uh, and just appreciate it week to week. But uh, I don't know. I Maybe mean, Night Court podcast. I, I, I mean, should be doing. yeah, you keep saying it. I think it's yeah. got to happen now. <laughs> I mean, I think you bring up a good point though, is which which is that with a lot of and this isn't necessarily specific to Yellow Jackets, and I don't even necessarily think it applies, but there is a lot of prestige tv now where yeah. it feels more and more like it's work like i have to i'm like okay i gotta put in eight hours into this like it's like i hear it's good or i hear it gets better eventually but yeah well, it gets good in season three or four like ugh. yeah and it, and it feels like like I, I i i remember watching i was watching westworld where for me that one was like okay this feels like a chore to watch like i know it's going to be good and i'm excited to see where it goes but at the same time i i kept thinking 
this feels more and more like work because it's like every day I have to put in some time just to make some progress, but I, I'm not really enjoying the step-by-step <laughs> hoping I'm hoping that the, the end will be something better. Um, but that that's a little bit of my frustration with yellow jackets as well, which is that it just really takes its time revealing things in the plot that a little bit, if it starts to feel a little bit like work because I kind of know where things are going, but it's not going there quick enough for me. And so it's, it's easy to lose interest in a lot of this prestige TV that perhaps isn't, you know, immediately thrilling to me. I don't know. Where, where did this term come from? Prestige TV? I mean, I would think it started with HBO and like the Sopranos, but I don't know who coined the term or, you know, why it's so widespread now. How do you think like the, the creators of like, Simon and Simon felt when uh, people started talking about all these other shows as prestige TV after you've put so much time and effort into crafting these, you know, 44 minute episodic televisions of a, of two brothers that uh, run like a private eye business. They were probably pretty angry. I gotta be (laughs) honest with you. All right, well, let's uh, let's get into uh, Yellow Jackets. Uh, in 1996, a New Jersey high school girls soccer team travels to Seattle for a national tournament while flying over Canada. Their private plane crashes deep in the wilderness, and the surviving team members are left stranded for 19 months. Uh, the series chronicles their attempts to stay alive as some of the team members are driven to cannibalism. We get kind of this foreshadowing in the first episode. Um, it also does some flash forwarding to their lives in 2021, sometime uh, after their rescue. Uh, this show was uh, created by Ashley Lyle and Bart Nicholson. It stars Melanie Linsky, Tawny Cypress, um, uh, Juliet Lewis, uh, Christina Ricci. Um, let's uh, just, you know, quickly go give an overview of overall what we thought about the show. And uh, we'll start with Nuno. I I liked Yellow Jackets. Um, watched it again quite a while ago and then revisited it um, the last month or so. And yes, I, I would say like I think the, the big draw that they kind of throw at you right away is the whole survival cannibalism aspect. And you immediately get this, this like cold open kind of like tease of it. And then you never quite get to it in the first season. So no. I think that was, that was maybe part of like the pacing thing is that I was hearing so much stuff or reading so many things online about like, you know, maybe it was like how the way, how it was marketed with this whole like survival kind of thing. And, you know, them all kind of dressed in like, you know, rain antlers and kind of like some weird, like tribal cult thing going on. Very Lord of the flies. Exactly. Yeah. Very Lord of the flies, you know, um, alive, obviously, and a little bit of lost, um, elements in there. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's got a really st- strong cast. I think I liked, I think I liked the flashback 90 stuff a bit better than the present day overall. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the cast is is really the biggest uh, selling point uh, in the show. Um, although, like you, I, I did prefer um, the stuff uh, said in 1996, like during the crash. Um, but uh, I really liked uh, the, the performances from the, the, the four main uh 
characters in 2021. Um, I thought uh, they were really compelling, and uh, they were also very different people. And uh, I really enjoyed um, kind of the the relationship that they actually redeveloped uh, throughout uh, the ten episodes of of season one. But uh, yeah, I, I did like uh, um, the stuff in the '90s. Uh, the music choices. Um, was was really good as well um sean what did you think yeah i'm pretty much agreeing with all you guys are saying so far like i think that is kind of the problem with the show is that you have interesting kind of known cast in the present day but i think the events at least in the first season of what's happening in the present day are not as interesting you kind of keep wanting to go back to the island and know what's going on in the island and yeah the lost comparisons i think are apt but i think it's a little bit reversed where you know the lost they're on the island and you're getting flashbacks to where they were before now you're kind of seeing them in present day with brief flashbacks to what happened on the island Hmm. and i mean i like that structure it's just um i think it, it does take a while to get you know, and I think that's what you're talking about, Zach. Like in the middle there, it, it it drags a little bit and there is like hints of like supernatural stuff, but that stuff doesn't really start to come out until like episode five or six or something like that. And I feel like if that was a little more upfront, I would have been way more into it right off the bat. But I definitely warmed up to it and uh like I'm I'm pretty in now. So I'm definitely keeping up with season two. Sorry, you know, just to add on to what Sean was saying, I mean, once the, the supernatural things come in, I mean, it is a little bit like Lost where, you know, they introduce something really interesting and then you're like, I can't wait till the next episode. But then the next episode, they drop it and they move on to something else. Like they introduce this kind of supernatural element, I think, in five or six and they don't really come back to it. Maybe uh, they kind of hint a little bit at it at, at the last episode, I think, or maybe this, the last two. Um, they kind of hint at something, but they don't really ever come back to that. Like, so it has like a lot of the, the worst parts of loss, which is like you introduce something, but you don't want to develop it. So you're, you're kind of trying to delay the narrative development a little bit, but to draw out the storyline. I mean, the thing is when, when this show started, I, for some reason, I thought it was a mini series. I thought I didn't think it was a TV show for some reason. I, I had thought I read that it was a, just a one season show. And I, and I actually think it would have worked a lot better like that because it's structured like one with this kind of flat, like, uh, the cold open where it starts off with, you know, what happens to them and then tries to develop what's going to happen. I mean, there's very, if you're doing a story like that, where you're revealing what's going to happen and then you're just filling in the details, like there's very limit, like very limited space in what you can do because you, the, the story is already set up. So then you're expecting everything else to just fill in that story to piece together what happened, but then they never do that. So, I mean, like Nuno was saying, that's kind of the problem is you kind of expect it to kind of resolve directly related to that, but then it goes off onto these other tangents. And I agree that like the the story in the present day, like about the kind of murder mystery, I, I don't really care that much. And I don't even really, we don't really know anything about the character that is supposedly murdered. And so you're kind of left trying to follow a story in the present that's not that interesting and the story in the past is much more compelling but at the same time there's no connection between them what i think what i loved about lost watching lost is when you watch 
something that's happening about them on the island, they give flashbacks that help to understand how or why someone makes a particular decision in that present moment. Like you see these stories about like Locke and he does something really ludicrous and then it does a flashback. And then you start to understand a bit of his history about why he does something, but they don't do nothing kind of overlaps in this show. Like there's no, there's no moment where you're like, okay, now I understand this character in the present because the characters in the present and the past have no relationship to one another at all. Like that I can really see other than that. You're just, yeah, you're kind of starting at two opposite ends working towards the middle. And it's like, when are we going to get to that middle part where everything connects? Yeah, like like with Juliet Lewis, like there's the one storyline with Juliet Lewis's character um, when she's younger and she has an f- argument with her father and she pulls out the gun on him and you think that he she's going to kill him and this kind of leads to her being this kind of slightly more um, vicious person or a little bit like colder, but she doesn't kill him. And then it's like, well... But somehow she's a good shot, even though she's presumably never actually shot the shotgun. But now we know that she is very good at shooting the shotgun. And now that we see her in the present, she is really kind of cold and uh, distant compared to everyone else. But it's like, well, what is exactly is the relationship between that like past story about the father and her and then the present? And it's like, I don't know, there there isn't anything. It's just there's no... There's nothing really to grab onto from me, like in terms of trying to piece together a narrative of the past and present that like there's no coherent element, I don't think. I I couldn't find. So um, let's just kind of uh, uh, go through some of the episodes and talk about uh, highlights or or, or lowlights. like so in in the first episode uh, we kind of get introduced to uh the team um from Seattle and and they 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 win their state championships and they're they're heading off to the nationals um so d- during a practice uh um uh, leading up to it one of the girls um i guess isn't really carrying her her weight and uh there's an idea to like freeze this one girl out from a lot of the plays and and uh cuz uh, they kind of want to teach her a lesson and it turns out um uh Tessa who's one of the the main characters she breaks uh this girl's uh leg during a practice and um i really in, in thought that of, that was in terms of the ahead. tv even in terms of the tv junk world who is uh Tessa and who is who would be the person who got froze out that Frank, oh, that well, guy that froze out because he yeah, was, Frank gonna, up, yeah, was, was gonna blow it, or <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I really thought that uh, the, that injury was actually going to uh, be something uh, bigger throughout the season. But uh, the girl that was injured, we actually didn't see her again until the very last episode, and that was very briefly uh, at, at the high school reunion. Um, so, anyway, the, the girls uh, get on this uh, plane. And then, of course, it uh, uh, crashes. Now, what did you guys think of uh, um, the whole plane crash? Like how they shot it, uh, like some of the special effects, and uh, um, and and then like the 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 aftermath of uh, of after the plane has crashed. Because this is kind of like like the big set piece of the first couple of episodes. The whole plane crash. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the money uh, in the budget went to this. Um, so Nuno. What did you think about the how they did the plane crash? I will say, for some reason, um, ever since I started flying again, like I usually go on one flight a year, 
But ever since COVID, every flight I've been on, they've been short, but they've been terrible. They've been <laughs> nonstop. I am terrified. I'm petrified of flying now. So any kind of depiction in films and television, I they they work for me. I mean, this, this I yeah, uh, something about just turbulence and you know when the plane is just kind of like getting kicked around and you gain their drops here and there. I'm not a fan. So I, I think it was depicted pretty well in this. I, again, I can't help but think of Lost, and I think Lost had the ultimate plane crash and then the immediate like um you know uh waking up you know after the crash and reconciling and trying you know figuring out the situation you're in so um aside from that yeah it was pretty good i i liked i liked um how there was a start of a reoccurring theme with uh with the goalkeeper van yeah how she always goes through the worst experiences but is also immortal. Like she cannot die, I guess is the whole thing with Van. So yeah, they kind of like, I think the main character is Jackie and uh, Shauna. Shauna. Yeah. I think, I think Jackie is trying to help her get out of her seat. No, it's, it, it's Shauna and, uh, oh, it's and, Shauna. And, and Jackie's Jackie's like the, the stuck up princess character. And she yeah. pulls her best friend Shauna away um, while they're trying to unbuckle poor, poor van as she's like being consumed by flames yeah, but, yeah. Uh, she manages to get out and uh that's an awkward situation i'm sure yeah yeah that was good that that was, that was handled pretty well that that stands out pretty well and uh, oh and of course when uh the assistant coach ben his leg is all mangled and he's like pinned underneath the uh the wing uh that was well done yeah i, I yeah I liked, that was that was, I, yeah. that was gross i like yeah i have to say the little bits of like you know, sudden horror or like, you know, violence and gore in the show. I think they're, they're handled pretty well. And they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're fun little, you know, tidbits that kind of spice up the whole experience. It kind of, kind of puts it into a genre territory, but then it's doesn't fully commit, but I, I do appreciate seeing that kind of stuff. Zach, what'd you think about the plane crash? Um, yeah, I mean, something uh, similar with Nuno. I mean, it, it's hard not to compare it to um, Lost um, in some ways, just because, I mean, it, it's the most direct connection to the show in a lot of ways. I also do uh, like agree with Nuno in terms of uh, becoming more and more afraid of flying and, and planes. Like, I, I, I feel like I've been seeing so many things about plane crashes lately and supposed to go on a trip for in the in the summer and I'm becoming more and more afraid because I just see these nonstop movies about like plane crashes and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I liked, um, I like, I, I thought it was quite effective. I, I, I can't remember the, the exact specifics of it, but I, I think, um, it was quite effective in terms of, um, the way that is playing out the, the story in terms of, um, trying to, to, uh, presented as this kind of wilderness or survival story which is i think what like it does different than moss which is much more about survival and trying to survive in that situation versus like loss it's a bit more clear it's like a little bit supernatural somehow uh i recently uh uh got back from well i went to cuba and uh I, both on the flight there and on the flight back um 
I have no problems with flying, but uh, the one thing that I don't like about flying happened on both is when the plane landed and everybody fucking applauded. <laughs> and I just, I don't get it. Uh, it's the weirdest. I mean, sure. I mean, if you're, if you're not a pilot, um, landing a plane is probably something spectacular, but I mean, it's probably not really that big of a deal to most pilots, although I don't want to speak for pilots. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the applause thing, I don't get it. I just, it makes me angry. Maybe it was just a really great landing. I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, nobody fell over. None of the above compartments opened up and no shit <laughs> fell out or anything like that. We didn't have like the food cart zipping down the aisle. So maybe that is a success and people should applaud that. But have you ever been on a flight when people applauded when it landed? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. And it happens a lot. I, I, I never clap because my hands are usually too cramped up because I'm so tense <laughs> that I'm just like, I, I have like, I have this like vice grip on, on the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the armrests. And so my hands yeah. are just like little claws afterwards. I can't even move them for a while. Uh, I'm usually the opposite. I'm already, I'm already standing up, getting my bag out of the overhead, oh, just yeah. trying to store my way up to the front to get, get, get through like, uh, <laughs> one of those people. I, I'm usually still asleep. Wow. Do you, uh, do you take some drugs before a flight? No, I just have this ability to fall asleep immediately on flights. Amazing. <laughs> um, Sean, uh, thoughts on the, the plane crash? Yeah. I mean, it was good. I, I think, you know, obviously not as, you know, amazing as lost, but, but I think, I think the thing with that, that sequence and, and also the, the soccer thing you were talking about earlier, Greg, like both of those things kind of set up that there, there's going to be some gore. There's going to be some uncomfortable stuff in this show. So there's a, you know, it's kind of hinting at that stuff and, and setting the table, which I think is good. And, uh, and it is interesting, like even that, the thing you're talking about, about, um, you know, kind of trying to punish one of the players on the team and stuff like this whole thing is kind of Lord of the flies, but it's that interesting comparison of like, well, Lord of the flies was all men or boys. And so this is girls and it's like, what's the difference. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people might make the argument that, well, I mean, I think Lord of the flies at the time, it was all like, Oh, this is, this is what happens when it's all men kind of, just being so savage with each other and stuff, but everyone knows that, you know, women can be very savage with each other as well, but sometimes in more subtle ways. And that's kind of, I think what's being showcased a bit in that, that opening bit as well. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a strong pilot for sure. Pilot episode. And, uh, and it's, then it starts to slow down a bit after that. So like, uh, it's almost like they were, doing survival of the fittest even before they got on that plane yeah high school man rough yeah um, yeah i mean i think you can see their different personalities too because like tesa is also like running for um i can't remember like senate or something i don't know yeah exactly. state senator um so you know she's kind of very very much the a leader type and but also willing to do whatever it takes to kind of become a leader or uh so she's kind of willing to cross certain lines to become successful in a certain, um so i think you can that's kind of like a, a a cool part of that story is that you know she they're they're trying to suggest that she's kind of this um slightly aggressive 
character who will kind of do whatever she can um, in, in yeah. a certain certain situation. Yeah, go ahead. They 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 introduce uh, um, like all all these girls when they're they're in high school. You know, like you said, like Tese is kind of like uh, one of the the leaders on the, on the the soccer team that is willing to do anything. You know, and and Misty is like the team manager. And she's kind of kind of like an oddball character. You know, uh, Shauna is, um, you know, the one that, you know, everybody's kind of friends with and uh, is kind of in the middle of everything that's going on. And and Natalie is like the like the, the burnout uh, punk chick. And, you know, when we see them uh, as adults in the episode, like they haven't really grown very much as people because they're in the exact same roles that they were as teenagers. And I guess I was kind of a little surprised because, you know, like Natalie is in, in just coming out of rehab and, and, uh, you know, Shauna is married with kids and, you know, and Tasa is running for state Senator and Misty. She's, uh, she's like a, a nurse, but she's like super quirky and super weird. And you can tell that she still doesn't have a lot of friends. Um, so they're really, um, they stuck to what those four characters were in high school and they, they kept them as pretty much the exact same people, uh, as they got older. Um, I don't know. I like, I guess I kind of maybe expected some sort of like growth, uh, or, or some sort of change. Cause they really didn't seem to change at all considering they went through this insane, um, you know, 19 months stranded in the wilderness, you know, um, hunting and trying to survive. Um, I mean, Greg, you've seen you've you hang out with most of us. I mean, all of us are basically the same as when we were like eighteen or nineteen. We didn't mature at all, and I didn't really know <laughs> you guys back then, though. I'm just kidding. Yeah, like no, I I think that like I I could be wrong, but I feel like that's kind of intentional. Like, and whether it's a commentary on people in general, I'm not sure, but I think these specific characters were kind of trapped at this specific point in their lives. And it was such a traumatic experience that they went through. They haven't progressed because they're just stuck in those roles and those things and, and stuff that's still kind of torturing them and recurring in their minds. Like, so, I, you know, it is a show about trauma very much as well. Uh, so I think that's part of it, but I, I don't know. I, that's, that's an interesting question. Like, will we see any change in these characters throughout the show because we've seen them at the beginning and we've seen them kind of at the end, like where can growth happen? I'm not sure. Yeah. You know what? That, that does make sense because really another thing that they all share is they, they, they're all keeping the truth of what happened a secret. They've all kind of committed to the idea of we're never going to let anyone know what really happened there. So really, you know, if you're not facing up to, if you're keeping this, you know, just keep this secret. It can inhibit your potential for growth and, you know, coming to terms with things. Mm -hmm. like I mean, I, I was also thinking it's also like kind of the, the story. Uh, it's kind of like a little bit about this nostalgia of the 90s, but it's also a little bit about getting older and then looking back at the 90s too for viewers. And a lot of the story, I think, is a little bit like, you know, when you get older, you still think you're kind of like the same as you were, but it's like everyone else who you went to high school with has now become a loser and they're still the same, but you have become cool. But it's a little bit like they all became losers to a certain extent. Like they all were the kind of cool people, but they, and who like thought they would grow up to be something, but 
turned out to be the losers because they never really progressed to a certain extent. So there's this kind of um, high school, like uh, looking back at high school and yourself kind of aspect to the narrative that I think is, is also part of it, uh, which is like, there's still, I mean, a lot of, maybe there's a little bit of nostalgia with it for probably for, for me, but probably for you guys watching as well, where you're like, you're kind of looking back and like, oh yeah, I love that time. I was so much cooler back then, but there's like, okay, yeah, now I'm probably, <laughs> probably the, the high school reunion. I'm going to be the loser now that's like, you know, still stuck in the past, still living in those nineties ways. So it's, it's kind of has that kind of vibe to it. I think that's, is kind of part of the, the humor I think of, of it is a little bit tied to that. Did you think you were one of the cool kids in high school, Zach? Yeah, I, I still, I still do. I think I'm oh. going to go back this year and show off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the occasional members of the uh, one of the world's best uh, podcasts, the top podcast in Malaysia. I, but, <laughs> 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 I'm only oca- o- occasional guest <laughs> and and Luxembourg. Yeah, don't forget, yeah. Um, Sean. Popular in high school. Absolutely not. I was no. not cool and proud of it. Nuno? No, definitely not. I mean, <laughs> I think I tried to just be on good terms with everyone so that, you know, I wouldn't get shivved in the shower or something. So you just <laughs> you just gotta play nice with everyone. Get yeah. to everyone. So like um um for my first uh, three years in high school, I guess the, my, my high school closed when I was in the 11th grade. And so in those first three years, I was like really big into uh, music. And uh, like, have you ever seen the show Glee? Like yeah. I was in that group from grade <laughs> nine to 11. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then when I changed high schools, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, uh, I bought a long black trench coat and I kind of changed uh my whole persona you know and i had the i was one of the people with the first period spare that hung out in the cafeteria playing euchre and uh so i don't know if i was cool but i was you know i i i I, I changed the trajectory that i was on maybe i should have stuck with glee who knows (laughs) i mean that's that's the thing in high school too it's really hard to change too because you have to stick to what you are and if you're going to change you have to do it like afterwards like when you go to university or something like you can't just change your style or become like punk or goth or a glee glee person overnight (laughs) right (laughs) some people do but yeah it definitely draws attention to you so yeah i think changing schools actually helped I don't think I don't think you can do it when everybody knows who you are right away, or you're gonna get called out for it. Yeah, yeah. You suddenly started wearing like ACDC shirts after like wearing like uh, the Righteous Brothers shirts. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Misty was is uh, uh, one of the characters that I actually found uh, kind of fascinating uh, throughout the series, and and you know she's super weird and uh, as a as a teen and as an adult and you know in the first episode we kind of see that you know again like she's the team manager she feels that she's part of the team when she's not really and we don't really know if the girls even even like her that much but um after the plane crashes you know she 
takes the first aid training that she has. Like she makes a, you know, she chops off the assistant coach's leg because, you know, he's lost and he's going to die if she doesn't do that. So she does it without even hesitating. You know, she makes the tourniquet. She's bandaging everybody. She's putting people in a sling. She's uh, telling people what to do and like to start a fire. And she's doing all these things. And, uh, and throughout that episode, you know, you know, I, the other girls start, um, I guess having a bit of a respect for, her, and she overhears them talking about her in a positive light for the first time in her life. And that's when she comes across the emergency locator transmitter and decides that, well, you know, now I'm liked and I'm not going back to the way I was. So I'm going to bash the shit in with a rock and tear out the wires and really, uh, you know, make it so that they are really stuck in the wilderness. Um, uh, a, a bit of a twist. Uh, I, I didn't really see coming that, uh, you know, somebody would, um, you know, like being liked so much that they were willing to put their survival on the line. Um, but uh, so after the first two episodes, like, uh, like, what were your thoughts on, on, on Misty? Because like, I think, I mean, this might give it away later on when we do our superlatives, but uh, she quickly became the person that I found most interesting in the show. She, I mean, she's definitely a great character. It feels like they put a lot of focus on her because they knew, like, some of the other characters are, you know, technically the the main characters, but it feels like there's a lot of care put into her. And she is just that character, that wild card, who you're not quite sure what's going on with her, what she's going to do next. So that's always fun. But, you know, the one thing I, I was thinking about with her and, you know, I guess we'll probably talk about the connection or, or the casting, like the uh, how they matched up the older version of the characters and the younger versions, which I think they did a really good job. But the one thing that I found weird and, you know, talking about people changing and stuff over time, I don't know if I totally bought that she would still have the exact same hair. Like, I don't know, like her look something like i know that's her thing and she is kind of weird but like i was like i don't know i feel like she would at least change something about herself but sean let me ask you how much hair did you have in high school (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean i had more than i do now oh okay i i did have a mullet back in the you know elementary school days so i had even more but yeah, I changed. I definitely changed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But, but potentially in season two, they can like go back to the '90s trope of like the uh, the nerdy girl makeover. Uh, well, I in, thought in, they in, were going there with her, right? But, in the in the vein of like she's all that. I think they need to she's all that Misty in season two. Because yeah. it's weird. It's like you know because it's Christina Ricci in the present day. Yeah, she really she. I think she has the closest um, connection to the younger Misty. And in the present day, I think early on, you see her, you know, on a blind date and the date has like no interest in her whatsoever. And it's because she's got like a weird perm hairdo and like, you know, oversized glasses. And it's so weird. And she and she outright says, oh, you know, when she asks the guy who wants to, uh, you know, come into her place, he says no. And she says, oh, is it because I'm ugly and stuff? And it's just it's weird because she needs a makeover, right? It's got to happen. Shinrichi's not a bad-looking person. Well, it's, there, there was a moment where... When when was it? I don't remember now. I think it's when she was with the uh, the journalist or whatever yeah. that she had captured. Like, 
there's a moment where she kind of changes her look a bit and she like kind of puts makeup on and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, here they from now on, we're going to start seeing Christina Ricci look like quote unquote prettier because they don't want her to look like this the whole show, but, but then they kind of don't. So I don't know. I don't know really what that, what that was about, but I thought that's what it was going to be. I mean, I, I guess I thought that uh, <clears throat> we haven't really talked about the, the journalist and the, and the whole, uh, subplot with that, but um, I don't know. Maybe that naturally curly hair is just. I mean, Nuno, you you've got curly hair. I mean, uh, I'm I'm hideous because of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so Sean, you mentioned uh, uh, the journalist. Uh, what is her name? Uh, is it Jessica? Maybe. Yeah. So uh, she appears uh, early on in the first episode, approaching Shauna, trying to get her uh, to talk about uh, what happened when they uh, were 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 stranded and, and lost in the wilderness. Uh, because you know nobody really knows what happened. That's kind of one of the things that uh, we hear a lot about through each of the episode is that no one really knows what happened there except for them, and they never really talked about it. And so we get this journalist character um, who we found out pretty early. It was actually hired by Tessa, who, again, is, is running for state senator. And, and she, I think, is just she does it to make sure that nobody is going to talk about what happened to you know, ruin her chances of becoming senator. So, like, she has, um, you know, a, a reason for, for doing this. And uh, and so this character, uh, after speaking with a few uh, of the the survivors, she ends up getting kidnapped by Misty and, and held prisoner for the majority of of the first season. Um, and uh, I guess uh, you know really hammers home that you know Misty Misty is kind of a a strange strange character. Um, but but beyond you know. The reasoning for for uh, Tessa to hire this person, uh, I didn't really see much other point to have this this character around for the whole season, even though she was you know kidnapped for a good majority of it. And I guess uh, it, it almost felt like maybe the, she was taken uh, away a bit. Uh, they, they put too much uh, a plot into the story. We really just want to find out what exactly happened out there and and to see the story. Um, kind of resolve itself and, and maybe Zach to you to your point earlier this is something that they've kind of thrown into the series that kind of really slowed it down in the middle and and made some of the other stuff drag on like trying to find out what happened to Travis and you know whether he killed himself or not uh, um, it just uh, I, I guess a little more of a of a different pathway to take some of these characters on before we get them reunited in the end um, I mean, is that like was is that like part of the, the the plot that they've kind of thrown in there that you know kind of took you out? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like um, it, it just seemed like such a directive. Like when you start off with this cannibalism, and the first few episodes all kind of re- revolve around that. Like you know what happened? That seems to be the the driving narrative, and then it kind of goes off into these other territories. I I think that that one. It, it does kind of drag on for a really long time. And you're like, I don't really know. Like, and then she doesn't have any information. Like she doesn't know anything about them. The, the other plot, um, I may be jumping ahead a few episodes is the, um, character that, um, Sean, the older Shauna meets that she has an affair with. 
where Adam. it goes with yeah adam where it goes with that i really didn't like i i was just like this just like what is she, i i guess we can spoil it right like this is yeah. um yeah. so when she kills him or i was just like i don't i don't want this show i don't want to see this like this is not what i signed up for i, I just felt like this is such a it reminds me of when i when um friday night lights was on tv and season one is so good and then yeah. season two they add in this murder story that has just delays oh, right. yeah. just delays the story for so long and then at the at the end of that when she resolved that the whole point is just hey everyone just forget that whole thing happened we've moved on and this just seemed like that same thing where it's like you're going to tell the story because you want to fill like three or four episodes and then we're going to get to season two and they're going to say pretend like it didn't happen because has no bearing on anything whatsoever like and so it just is that kind of it's that kind of plot development that's like we have a story but we don't know how long it can go it can go one season it can go two seasons depending on how long it is and then we'll just kind of fill in more and more so it kind of feels like a little bit like it's going like in that direction where you're just trying to add more plots that don't really do anything to the story but um to go uh to go back to your thing with misty though i, w- I was going to say like one of the things i kind of like about her is that there's this element of her story where she's either really smart or she's really insane and you never really know which is which like the story when the the pilot uh what i like when she kind of cuts off his leg we don't really know if that was the right decision and i don't think anyone really knows um we kind of assume i mean the 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 coach kind of thinks it was too rushed or too rash of a decision and other people seem to as well but we really have no idea and i think that's what i like about missy's character is like she could be like this really smart and devious one or she could be like really insane and you never know which line she's going to cross if you know even her kidnapping like uh the journalist it could be like this really devious brilliant plan but like it's also kind of incredibly dumb because the person has no information at all and can't really do anything for her and so i kind of like that aspect of the story like um that you you don't really know what side she's on and she kind of it could be kind of because you know she might be central to what happened in the island and so there might be some history there that you're still trying to figure out with her in terms of what side if she's like a good character or a bad character essentially into the next couple of episodes is when they start really uh, introducing some of the more uh, supernatural um pieces of the of the show which um you know I, I don't know if I really expected it to go in that direction. I mean, maybe after seeing them wearing the the antlers and all the the fur at the very beginning in the cold open, that um, it might go that way. Um, but uh, you know, some of the weird stuff like uh, Tessa has a, a son that has been doing some really strange drawings, and he has some weird behavior things where you know he's um, you know he's talking back in a very forceful way to uh his parents and yeah he has some some weird ass shit that he's drawing and then um um one of the other uh um not really main characters but one of the other characters we um um are introduced to is um uh oh hell what's her name um lottie lottie yeah where um you know, we see that she has, uh, she's been taking some pills and, um, you know, obviously it's 
um, makes you think she has some sort of a of a you know a, a mental health uh, issue, which is why she has this medicine. She's very concerned about uh, how much she has left, and we get this uh, scene where uh, she's a little girl and starts freaking out when she's in the car with her parents, and they kind of stop the car to turn back to kind of get her to stop yelling and right in front of her there's a there's a car crash and so we kind of now have the idea that Lottie has some sort of a she has these these visions um and uh so in regards to you know slowly introducing some of the supernatural stuff we also uh they also find this abandoned cabin back in 1996 and there's a dead body in there and there's a lot of creepy stuff that happens in the cabin as well and um so as as far as yeah the the supernatural stuff like were you, did you kind of expect it to go in that direction um you know how did you feel that they they kind of started to slowly introduce that stuff uh, Sean Well I I think I I kind of expected it a little bit like I cuz I you know like I said I I was aware of the show and and I was hearing you know horror fans generally seem to be into the show so I was like okay there's horror stuff in this but I wasn't totally sure and uh, I do like how they're kind of playing it. And currently, right now, I would say, like, it's still kind of up in the air. Like, is there something supernatural or are they just kind of losing their minds a bit? Like, it, it could be either one. But it certainly seems to be hinting there's some kind of presence in the cabin. There's a whole thing where the one girl tries to fly the plane off the island and it crashes. And, uh, you know, because the... Uh, the thing catches fire so like you know starts to feel a little bit like you know the island has you know a mind of its own kind of thing and and i like that like that definitely has me hooked and interested but you know it's one of those things where it could end really badly it could you know they could reveal something at the end that you're just like oh god this is the worst so i am a little worried about that but generally i'm i'm liking those elements you know yeah, you know what? I went into it again. Yeah, like, like Sean mentioned, thinking that there was going to be some kind of horror element to it. Um, I didn't foresee the supernatural stuff until I guess that that first symbol. Like I think we see the symbol in the tree. Um, I don't. Is it supposed to be like a person? It's like a kind of like a triangle. It's like this kind of weird symbol that shows up throughout the show. I think in, in the present day, it was on the um, the postcards that all the former yellow jackets um, who survived got in the mail. Um, But yeah, I think you first see it carved into a tree when Misty is destroying the, the transponder. And so then it kind of has like the eerie music. And then you see it again uh, carved in the attic of the cabin where they find, I guess the guy killed himself. Is that it? Like one of the people who used to live in the cabin. Do they, do they know how he died? Can't Um, remember now. I don't think that they, it's one way or another, but it's kind of left up to the viewer, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I, I guess I don't, I hope they don't try to, I hope they kind of keep it open ended because it seems as though right from the start, some people have a connection to this possibly otherworldly supernatural presence. And then other people like uh, Tasha are immediately shooting it down. And I guess from the little, from the things that they're setting up for the second season with, uh, with an adult Lottie and Van, it seems like there are some people who have continued on with somehow tapping into 
whatever mysterious thing is behind what they encountered uh, after the plane crash, it's still very relevant to them to this day because we kind of see weird cultists at the in the season finale and stuff. So um, yeah, I hope they don't give a definitive answer. I kind of like you can believe it or not. I guess. Um, th- throughout the show, I mean, for uh, for all the people that were stranded, I mean, we we know that that Natalie and Shauna and Tessa and, and Misty um, were all rescued, and we know that um, uh, the coach's son Travis was also rescued because we we find out later on that you know he either was murdered or killed himself. Um, we don't really know for sure yet. And, uh, but I think that throughout the series until the very end, uh, uh, of, of episode 10, like, like those are the only characters we know that survive. Like those are the only ones we've been reintroduced to. I'm pretty sure. Cause we know that Laura yeah. Lee, she died in the plane and we know that, you know, Jackie froze to death in, in uh, I think the season finale. Um, but we knew that she had passed away. Early, we knew she didn't survive because, uh, you know, um, in the present day, Shauna and her uh, husband were having brunch with uh, Jackie's parents and they were talking about that she had passed away. So we knew that she had died, but we don't really know what has happened to uh, a whole bunch of the other girls that were there or the assistant coach or uh, Travis's younger brother. Um, I for sure uh, thought that... um, the, we mentioned the guy that uh, Shauna killed. His name is Adam. She was introduced to him. She got into a car accident with him. And then he worked at the, the garage, I think, where uh, um, she was going to take her vehicle. And then they ended up bumping into each other a couple of times. And then they started having an affair. I thought for sure it was going to be revealed that um, Adam was the one blackmailing him. But it, he was actually the younger brother, Javi. Uh, grown up mm. and then you know they didn't recognize them so i thought that was exactly where they were going um i suppose i don't know if that's where they are gonna go or not but uh, uh i you know after he was killed i kind of thought that well no that doesn't really make any sense anymore but yeah there's there is a whole bunch of characters that we don't really know um uh what has happened to them uh, and then in, in the last episode we do find that uh, uh that uh, lottie is still alive um, and that she does have something to do with everything that is that is going on with the whole uh, mystery around uh, Travis and, and all that stuff. Um, but the the blackmail thing, which is what really brings these girls back together, was was really kind of a like a red herring. And um, uh, throughout the the episode, what did you think about the the reveal that it was um, Shana's? husband because his his furniture store was failing and so he blackmailed them just to get some 50 thought just to get 50 grand to pay off some loan sharks what did you what did you feel about that storyline wrapping up and how they did that nuno um i think he should have sent a postcard to his own wife too just to like just so she wasn't an obvious suspect or anyone close to her it i mean i never saw it coming obviously but those little things like that kind of seemed like oh you know they wanted us to think it was Adam, right? Because, oh, there's maybe another reason why he's focused on her. You know, he seems to not know anything about her past. 
So yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty funny reveal because Jeff seems like just kind of like a tool. I mean, he's he's likable enough. Um, he seems did, like a maybe. <laughs> did they explain how he knew the symbol? Was it because he saw the journal or something? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he, yeah, he, he read was, all the journals. Yeah, he 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 read her journal and that was in the safe because it went missing for a while, right? And then it just reappeared. But yeah, I guess I, I I thought about that too. I was like, wait, but how do you know about the symbol? And then I'm thinking, okay, they explained it away with the diary. And they explained it that he knew a long time ago that he had read them years ago, uh, yeah. and that he had all this time and knew about their secret and everything that went on there. But just you know, um, yeah, he decided- seemed he, he seems pretty okay with everything. I mean, like even the revelation that it they try to make it look as though he's been having affairs. And then in the end, it's like, you know, after she, after Ashana murders, um, the guy she's been having an affair with, you find out that yes, Jeff's been blackmailing them, but he's actually a devoted husband and a pretty good guy, but he's, (laughs) he's just kind of there. I mean, it's, it's something, something about the performance. He's very likable. And kind of slightly comedic, yeah. But he's kind of like a bit too chill about everything. <laughs> um, we also find out that because uh, uh, he was Jackie's boyfriend in high school, and he had been cheating on her with her best friend Shauna, and uh, got her pregnant. And she was pregnant when they were out on the island. Now this was twenty five years ago, so it's we don't know exactly what happened to that her baby there either. So like yeah. that's, that's another mystery that hasn't been solved yet that uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to in season two. Cause um, you know, it can't be the daughter that she has now. Um, but do you, have uh, theor- do you have any theories on what happened to it? Uh, Sacrifice. Yeah, probably yeah. ate it. You know, <laughs> that'd be a dark turn. I'm sure. They, they, they've been hinting at it, right? Yeah, or yeah. at least she's she's been having nightmares, right? But giving birth is it she giving birth to a sandwich or something? Or oh yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I what it was. It was like meat or something. Yeah, wasn't it? it was like a big oh, hunk of meat. Okay, or a hunk oh. of giant heart or something. Well, <laughs> when you okay. when you say sandwich, you know, people in their head are like like a grilled cheese comes out or something. <laughs> See, I, I I guess I was so traumatized by the big piece of meat. I was just like, yeah, it was just something like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a delicious sandwich. Um, Zach, uh, I didn't really get your did you? Uh, I didn't get your take on the whole supernatural aspect. Oh, uh, um, you you were asking about what we if we, if it was a surprise, yeah, like uh, just like is did is that where a direction you expected the show go into? How do you think that they they handled the slow introduction of it? Was it too uh, much like Lost? Yeah, that's actually what I was about to say. I was like, I was actually, I, I kind of thought it was going to be more of a Lord of the Rings type thing or just more. Lord uh, of the Flies? Sort of the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was hoping for a little Lord of the Rings, but um, <laughs> no, I was expecting Lord of the Flies um, more of a situation like, because I, I did think like if they do something supernatural, it's like you're really, you're really broaching a lot into lost territory here and it's. Um, everything in terms of the structure seems to be too reminiscent of it. And I mean, I, I still think it is a little bit too reminiscent of it First, like, um, especially, you know, you can probably, you can probably copy a little bit from a show that nobody really watches, but like, that was such a, 
landmark show in terms of network television that it's hard to replicate that. Um, but um, I mean, oddly, I, I did end up liking it. I thought it was the more interesting aspect of it. Maybe it's just because I, I didn't really see much else developing in terms of the story. But I mean, the, the supernatural element, it, it does also seem like I'm not, they don't really develop it enough for me. I, th- I think, I think that's maybe the overall, my overall, I, I mean, I, I quite like the show overall, but I would say my overall disappointment is that they really don't develop a lot of the ideas that they kind of lay the groundwork for here. Like they, it, they just kind of hint at things, but never really progress. Um, and I kind of agree with uh, Nuno where, you know, I would like it if they don't necessarily say one way or another, if it's like witchcraft or if it's natural or something like that. But I mean, the way they represent it, it's pretty hard not to think it's something supernatural in terms of body and her her actions on the island. It's hard not to see that um, because it doesn't seem to be something just simply subjective or something. But um yeah, you know, I mean, I'm curious to see where it would go with the supernatural element. She was the first one that was quick to explain anything strange that had been happening. If there was a bump, if there was a rustle in the bush, or how people were, were feeling. like There was a logical explanation uh, for, for everything from her point of view. Um, however, on two occasions, uh, uh, in 1996, and then one occasion in, in 2021, we see that uh, Tessa, in the middle of the night, has been waking up outside eating dirt, um, which uh, was, a, was, a, was another strange and unusual uh, piece to the uh, puzzle. Um, where do you think that they're going with with that? I mean, that that also is one of those things that could be, uh, you know, could be a mental thing, something, you know, some sort of anxiety thing. I or you know, she is she does sleepwalk. I don't know if that was something she had before she got to the island, but um, so I mean, I think that falls right in line with kind of what the Lottie stuff, which, you know, maybe the Lottie stuff is a little bit harder to believe could just be a mental health thing based on what we've seen now. But, uh, but I think they're both could be that, or could be something supernatural. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. I, I feel like Tasia's condition, it's, it's somehow a, I'm hoping it's mental. And I think it's, um, it's, it's almost like she has at first you think, okay, it's just an innocent, she's waking up. You know, she's climbing trees, she's eating dirt. But I think the big reveal in the finale is that um, they find an actual, like, shrine that she's erected in, like, the basement of of their house. Like, her her wife finds it. And that's kind of interesting because, yes, she was the one person who seemed, like, not willing to accept any of the mystical supernatural stuff that Lottie seems to really tap into. Um, and a lot of people are believing and yet she has this other self that she's totally unaware of. I thought that was a pretty cool reveal. Um, especially watching the early episodes a second time, um, their son, Sammy, they did a really good job of, of kind of introducing this trope of like the super creepy kid who's got like, you know, like, everything that they essentially accused Sammy of are all things that she did as her other self. And I think one of my favorite things is um, 
when Sammy Sammy talks about a woman in the trees, and that's kind of the creepy idea that he's, yeah. he thinks he thinks he sees someone outside his window at night, and then at some point she apologizes to him because think- she realizes that he is seeing her because yeah, she realized yeah. she's done it again yeah. as an adult and she's like chewing on her own hand it's very strange yeah yeah but you know what early on i think in the second or third episode she like yells at him and yeah I don't know, she does she takes, she takes the toy away when but when she's apologizing to him he says don't worry mommy you're not the bad one and this is like in the second episode and it's kind of yeah. cool watching that afterwards knowing that he's seeing her as this scary woman when she's sleepwalking i thought that was a really cool line that you would never mistake it for foreshadowing, but it's there, and he's completely redeemed at the end because he's he's not a, he's not a messed up kid. I mean, he's only as messed up as he is from witnessing the stuff that she's been doing. Right. The uh, the second time that we see her sleepwalk was the probably the most inopportune time in the series that she was supposed to be keeping watch while they all slept, and she woke up to all of her friends being attacked by wolves as she's high up in a tree. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, another really uh, gruesome scene as, uh, as her friend Van gets, uh, gets her face kind of chewed off, and you can see, like, at one point uh, her teeth through her ripped open uh, cheek and uh, th- this was a number of things throughout the show that were um like they they introduced horror elements and stuff like that but this was like really gory there was a few instances that were like like super gross and uh like you know the uh like the leg at the beginning and the broken bone uh in the soccer game and uh, uh, their, their coach up in the tree being, like, impaled and, like, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, and I thought, like, the, the makeup on those things looked really, really good. And I thought they did a really good job um, with that kind of a practical effect. Oh, you know what? Uh, another scene I really liked was um, the episode that went into Natalie's backstory. Um, when she's on the plane, I think, it, it kind of flashes back to the crash and she looks over and sees like she's imagining her dad is there. Right. And, and when he turns over and half his face is like blown off, mm. that, that looked really good. I know it wasn't, you know, probably wasn't a practical effect, but I thought they, they went to a lot of detail to kind of like show like little kind of hangy bits kind of moving in his, like the big hole through his head. I thought that was a really good effect. And it was also very shocking. Gotta love those hangy bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I I like the gore stuff. I was just going to mention with Van's death, like you were talking about how like we don't know what happened to some of these characters yet. And but I had seen the casting for Van, I, I guess for season two, it must have been. So I was like, she you think she died? And I was like, oh, that's weird, because I thought she lived. And yeah, so I kind of spoiled that for myself. Well, I mean, they didn't really check for a pulse after she'd been attacked by the wolf, and they decided to just burn her. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of like it's not unbelievable. What is a little unbelievable is how quickly her face seems to heal and how well it seems to heal. Like, I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Big time. Yeah. Well, they do do a pretty good job of stitching it closed with a, I think it's a fish hook and some. I mean, they do have a lot of supplies. Um, Sure lying around throughout the the show like the, they uh they they do have a lot of things that uh when they when they need it 
they have it. And maybe that cabin was was stocked with some stuff. Uh, but there was a lot of uh, conveniences throughout the season. Um, yeah. I did find, uh, but you know, it uh, it's you know, it's the television show, and sometimes you gotta. You know. It's hard to get a sense of uh, how how long time is passing on the on the island. Like it's, I think they said they were there for a year and a half. Is that right? Like, yeah, nineteen months. Um, so it was, but it was a bit unclear, like how much time has exactly passed. Like, are, are we talking like ten months? Are we talking? Is this like two months? Well, because I mean, this it, is it, a very eventful eventful two months or something. Yeah, we 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 haven't seen a lot of time yet because they're only now approaching winter. Yeah, this is like. Yeah. That's kind of the only indicator is, you know, it, it wasn't winter when they got there and then the season ends in winter. So, you know, I don't know how long that could be. Six months, I guess, maybe. Yeah. So like, so they're, they're in, they start in Seattle and, uh, you know, Seattle's pretty similar climate to, to us, I would think of where, for we're situated. So if, uh, if they're playing soccer, that has to be probably early spring, I would say. So um, I would say May, uh, and then you know the winter starts to approach, probably like like October in in the Canadian Rockies. So it's, they've probably been there for at least a couple of months, I would think, by now. Um, but uh, if you're really thinking about the timing and of stuff, because you know, like they wouldn't be in school past June. So like that tournament would have had to have been some point in in the late in in spring at some point and the last episode um, you know they get their first uh, snowfall so it's you would think that would be a few months that they've been there by now. Can we find out when the nationals happened in 1996? No, we I... we we know that they're state champs, right? Right. Yeah, and they're moving on to the nationals. The answer's out there. You know, I, someone I'm sure is is someone in uh, Malaysia or Luxembourg is doing some digging right now <laughs> to to get us those answers. Uh, I'm almost positive. One of the more uh, disturbing scenes uh, uh, throughout the series is episode six when Shauna decides to perform a, a self induced abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a that was a very difficult scene uh, to watch. Um, like, how do you think that they they went about that as far as um, realism or you know sensitivity uh, towards that sort of thing w- would go? Um, I mean, I, I guess being put in that situation um, that's a that's a tough choice. But uh, I don't know. How do you think they handled that scene? Because you know, I, I actually had a lot of trouble watching it. Yeah, I, I think I've only seen a similar depiction on like the second season of American horror story. And yeah, it was, uh, it's pretty brutal, very uncomfortable to watch. And, um, potentially you're getting rid of uh, a food source. So kind of, kind of, kind of selfish. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to flip the script. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) very good. (laughs) Um, 
later in that same episode we get more of the supernatural stuff and lottie starts having these uh hallucinations of of a deer and uh, her medicine is long gone and so whatever thing is going on with her is 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 on her full force now and she's starting to act super weird you know she's walking out into the middle of the lake and you know doesn't realize what she's doing and uh, so she turns to Laura Lee, who's uh, a very religious person, and, and asks her to uh, to be baptized. Um, and then later on in, the, in that episode, uh, Natalie and Travis uh, have hunted a deer, and they bring it back, and it's full of maggots. And so, um, you know, they kind of conclude that Lottie might be having uh, these premonitions, Um also, a very disturbing scene: cutting open the uh, the the deer and having it uh, full of maggots. Super gross. Um, but again, you know, some some pretty good uh, practical effects. Um, what isn't? Uh, I, I thought w- weren't great special effects were uh, the animals um, that they encountered uh, out in the wilderness, like the the deer and. Uh, and 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 all that so um and then for anybody that is an animal lover like myself i mean i've talked about you know i have a um a lot of issues uh you know watching scenes where where animals die and so i utilize there's a great website called does the dog die.com and if you go in there and you type in the show or the movie and people go in and they tell you if something terrible happens and and when about it happens in the show so as as an an animal lover, this show was a rough watch <laughs> because uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, animal murders. So let's play a little game. It's a game show called "Did This Animal Die?" And so I'm going to throw out an animal, and you tell me if this animal died in the show. First one, wolf. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Bear. Yes. Yep. Moose. Uh, mm. No. No moose. Uh, dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Parrot. Hmm. No. No. No, that's right. Um, I forget the name of uh, Misty's parrot, but Misty's parrot does not oh, die. Oh, that's right. Comes oh, right. close, yeah. Yeah. but does not die. Uh, deer. We already know. Rabbit. Yes. yes, dies. Yep. Yeah, like <laughs> like with a shovel, <laughs> super <laughs> gruesome, and uh, and then beaver. No, no. that's right. So they, uh, Natalie did have a beaver in the crossfire with the rifle, but uh, doesn't get the shot off because uh, Travis has has pulled the bullet out of mm. it. But yeah, so uh, um, not not a great television show for wildlife. Uh, as we get some uh, some pretty gruesome uh, animal deaths during the show, but uh, hey, you know you do what you got to do to survive. But uh, that uh, what was uh, what was the, what was the dog's name? Biscuit. Yeah, Biscuit was the name of the dog. Biscuit, unfortunately, uh, is is Tasty's dog and uh, comes to a very untimely demise in the last episode, um, <laughs> in 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 the shrine. What you were talking about, Nuno? I'm kind of glad you didn't mention the dog there because I wanted to 
get to my yeah I, my an, my animal game there. I I, pr- I purposely wanted to avoid talking about the dead dog because <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yeah super rough. Um, all right, so um, what else can we talk about on the show? Um, I guess we could talk about. Uh, um, so after, you know, Shauna has, has killed that guy, you know, she brings together the super friends and, uh, Misty kind of takes control and they dispose of the dead body. Uh, they, they, you know, drain its blood like they did, uh, the deer, um, uh, back in 96, you know, and, uh, the, the head and the hands are dumped into a box with uh, an old lady that's being cremated and the torso is buried elsewhere. Like they're super efficient with the cleaning and taking care of the body. And then they clean themselves up and, uh, and decide to go to their 25th, uh, school reunion at the same time, like it's jumping back and forth, uh, back to 1996, where, uh, the girls are thinking about, uh, homecoming. Um, now homecoming, I'm pretty sure happens at the beginning of a school year of the next school year in the States. I think homecoming is pretty early on. And so I guess that kind of ties in with the first snowfall in the wilderness because it was like i think it's the day before the snow they just or a couple days before the snow they decide to have like a little uh homecoming dance which they call doom coming i guess we, uh, a weird part misty has some hallucinogenic mushrooms and that gets dumped into their their soup for the dinner and and everybody but jackie goes on this uh this mushroom trip um in this one episode and some people like Natalie, uh, and the assistant coach can, can handle it, but the girls for the most part cannot, and they all kind of lose it. And, uh, kind of, this is when we kind of first see them become savages and they try to, uh, you know, sexually assault Travis. And at one point they, um, you know, Sean is about to cut his throat and they were going to sacrifice him. And it gets like super strange, uh, like really quickly. Um, so what were you guys thoughts about the, the weird mushroom trip? I mean, we got a different kind of mushroom in the last of us. And so we get more mushrooms in this show. Uh, Nuno, what'd you think of the trip? <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I wasn't expecting, um, a drug fueled orgy and, uh, ritual sacrifice, but it was interesting and it was probably, probably the biggest kind of like peak towards the direction of where, you know, all the stuff that they haven't shown us yet about what happened, how, you know, how they survived, you know, cannibalism how they may have split into different tribal factions. Um, yeah, I guess it was a glimpse into things to come. Uh, be interesting to see. Again, I'm really interested in seeing what else transpires um, during their time, uh, you know, what, while they're surviving in the forest. So, uh, yeah. And it, it, I thought it was weird, too. Like how, I think at this point, Javi is already missing, right? Uh, he goes missing during the... The the magic mushroom. Oh, did he? Did he? Sequence because he ha- he's hiding 
and then Shauna sees him. Did he have the Did he have the soup? I yeah, guess, he? yeah, oh, he, okay. he had the soup. So he he was hiding, and Shauna sees him. And because earlier on they had established that they had developed some sort of a a friendship, uh, she tells him to run, and then he's gone. Like the the next day, they're looking for him. I don't know if they ever actually find him or not. Um, I think that's one of the. Um, kind of the one of the story points that's kind of left as a, a cliffhanger uh but uh, zach what do you think of the magic mushroom party i'm probably the cynical one I'm, I'm not a huge fan of drug sequences in in movies or tv show i would say my my two least favorite plot devices are drug sequences and dream sequences i hate them i think they're a waste of time i don't know that they're ever there for anything other than just for cheap entertainment I mean, I guess it kind of adds to the story um, in some level and in terms of pushing the plot, but I don't really, like, I didn't really see the point of of that. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm, I I didn't know why they had to do it like a a drug sequence or it just seemed um, unnecessary in terms of the plot. I mean, especially if you're like already in the wilderness, like why add a another element to it like I, I don't know i'm just not a huge fan of those in in stories because i think i, I think filmmakers and i think that they're more interesting than they are um but they're not that interesting for me as a viewer uh, i don't think but so the uh the the drug the drug trip like ruined the orgy for you yeah it was just just, just do the straight up orgy like just get to it <laughs> <laughs> sean what did you more think? more time for that the important stuff uh, yeah, I liked Doom coming. I mean, I, I definitely like the idea of them kind of trying to do their own, trying to cling, cling to some remnant of their former lives and that kind of thing. I think the drug trip was just a way to once again have it unclear whether it's some sort of supernatural thing or if it can be explained a different way. Um, so I don't know that it totally makes sense why Misty would do that. Like, yes, she's, she's out there. So I guess she could do that. But I mean, really, it just felt like we need a way to make it. You're not sure if this is supernatural or not. Um, but you know, I I think, I think wasn't her reasoning is that she was going to give them to the assistant coach, which is why she had the magic mushrooms. I think that was her plot. She she drugged him before. There's one episode where he just has all that projectile vomit. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so I think when he has the soup, he recognizes maybe the feelings and he's like, yeah, yeah. that's right. She she harvested them to drug him again. But right. then but then the girls making the soup find it and just throw it in. Oh, that's right. Okay. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't her doing it on purpose. So it was kind of an accident. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Zach. And I actually, I mean, we haven't talked too much about just like the the look of the show or kind of the style of it. I I found it like the direction of the show was kind of plain for the most part. But it's like these kind of dream sequency things are where they try to spice it up a bit. And like, I kind of appreciate it for that. But like, I also don't think they're those sequences are amazing either. I think uh, my favorite part of Doom coming, and uh, this might have, you know, uh, my my influence of being part of the, the 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 Glee club back in high school. But when they did that sweet acapella version of Seal's "Kiss from a Rose" when they needed a slow dance. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's one thing we we've talked a little bit about the music, but I love like 
it's 90s music but it's like deep cuts it's it's songs you haven't heard in you know 30 years and you're like oh right that song so that feels very real to me unlike some shows and movies where they pick 90s songs that are like the cool songs now but nobody actually listened to then so it it feels pretty legit so in, in the in the, the last uh, episode and then we um we see that uh shauna and jackie get into that big argument uh and uh Jackie tells everybody that Shauna slept with her boyfriend and that's who got her pregnant and they really have it out and Jackie decides to sleep outside and they they tell her not to but she starts a fire and sleeps outside and then when we wake up the next morning we see that is the snow is falling and she is frozen to death outside and that leads um Blotty uh she has uh, uh I think it's the bear heart which looks very similar to Shauna's dream baby sandwich. Um, And uh, she kind of puts it in a tree and and she and Misty and Van seem to have really accepted the whole, you know, praying to the forest and and giving them food and and helping them to survive aspect sort of thing. And uh, it's kind of makes you, makes you look one way that, you know, Jackie was the only one, uh, eating the the bear meat that didn't you know say a prayer and give thanks and then she's the one that ends up dying it's like the the wilderness has has punished her for for not saying hey thank you for helping to keep me alive and so the wilderness has has killed her and then you know and and javi has disappeared and travis and natalie are off looking for javi and then um and in the present time Tesla's won the election. Um, you know, Shauna and, and Jeff seem to have rekindled their marriage. And, uh, you know, they've, we see on the news that uh, uh, there's a news report that Adam has gone missing, the local artist, and the, and the daughter has, you know, seized the news thing. And she had seen Adam before. So, you know, what's going on through her head and, and how are they going to navigate that? And then uh, we cut to Natalie, who looks like she's going to kill herself. And um, these people who are wearing the symbol from the forest break into her hotel room and they throw a hood over her head and she's abducted. And at the same time, uh, we see that Natalie's phone is ringing and it's uh, uh, her former sponsor from AA who she blackmailed into helping find out who drained Travis's bank account as an adult after he died. And it turns out it's Lottie has done it. And so we have like three or four different cliffhangers uh, combined from, you know, 1990. 96 and 2021 when you know the credits roll plus we see poor biscuit uh in in the kind of the the shrine down in in Tasa's basement and we don't know if if Tasa has you know has any idea that she has done this down there um so a lot of stuff that ended uh the season one on a cliffhanger which i was really surprised that they essentially didn't wrap up anything at all um so how did you guys feel at the end of episode 10? Sean? Yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag for me. Um, 
I, Zach was already kind of talking about this, but I wasn't crazy about the killing of Adam and where that goes. It just starts to play into stuff that's on like so many shows where it's like now they're hiding that they've killed somebody like their daughter kind of knows and is onto them. And it's like, you have to hide it from your family. And it's like, this is the Sopranos. This is Dexter. This is like so many shows. So not that interested in that, but, um, but I do like bringing the cult stuff into present day. Although again, it seems like this weird, you spent this whole season assuming that the cult or somebody is behind the, uh, um the blackmailing that was just a red herring but hey the cult's still here and still was involved in the, the travis thing so it's kind of weird how that all plays out but you know whatever um that's cool and uh the death of jackie did anybody else think the cold open was supposed to be jackie yes. we actually we don't really know who no we, we still don't know who it was but i 100 percent thought it was jackie the whole season yeah. yeah, I assumed that was kind of the thing they were setting you up to believe, and then they flipped the script on that. I don't like the one thing I don't understand. Like, could, is that even possible? Like, you're sleeping outside; it starts to get cold. You're probably going to wake up and be like, "Oh shit, I should go inside," even if I hate these people. You know, like it, it seems weird that you would just freeze to death out there. But maybe it's possible. Only one way to find out, Sean. <laughs> her her resolve to give them, you know, the the cold shoulder, as it will, um, and just her her passive aggressiveness was so strong that she just fought fought the urge to go inside and get warmth. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. possible. Um, one of the other things that uh, we see, we see Jessica, who was the fake reporter. She is driving in her car. Like, I don't remember her being freed or, or escaping. Did we see that happen at all? Yes. Um, so what happened was Misty, Misty pretends that pretends to make an agreement with her. She said, if I, if I let you go, how did I, I miss she, this? I think she says, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you everything. And what's kind of clever is she she yeah, offers think, a book deal or something, right? Yes, that's right. It, it seems like the journalist has the upper hand, like she's talked her into letting her go. Right, like, hey, okay. let me go oh. and we, we'll have this book deal yeah. thing. But then when she ends up letting her go, it kind of seems like, no, that was always part of the plan. And she oh. poisoned her cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. The, the cigarettes that she actually threw out, yes. she, she'd inject them with fentanyl. So and then she was like, and then she says, when she's like, oh, give me those, you know, I don't care if you threw them out. She says, these things will kill you, is what she right. says when she gives them okay. back. Okay, right, 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 right. Um, so, Zach, what were your thoughts at the end of uh, uh, the last episode with all the cliffhangers? Did, did, it, did it make you want to jump into season two? I mean, I, I, I do want to watch season two. I mean, I still think the initial storyline is compelling enough that I, I'm interested in seeing how it resolves. I think the only issue, like I said, is that it doesn't seem to resolve anything. I mean, I, I do agree with Sean is that within like the season one arc, or I mean, I don't know if there is a, a, a resol immediate resolution to any storyline. I mean, I think part of it is, is for me also, it's like um, in season one, you're kind of assuming that all of the people in the present are living with some sort of dark history and some sort of guilt complex over what happened. Presumably that they 
um, contributed to the the death of Jackie. That's kind of the central narrative, and you assume that they're kind of hiding that. Um, and so you think I, you know, maybe I'm reading into the characters somewhat, but that's like a little bit about what is motivating them to a certain extent is this assumption that um, they were involved in her death and they feel some sort of guilt to it. Um, but then if you, you know, if they didn't really have the way it kind of resolves, it, they're not really at fault for it. I mean, I guess in a way, but not directly. Um but yeah, but there's I mean, there's it, other stuff, right? Like yeah. like the cold open and stuff. Like you're we we've only seen the tip of the iceberg, I think, of the craziness that happened. Yeah, I I I think so. But um, yeah, I mean, they do seem to kind of hint at a lot of things that happen. But it, it does feel like okay, they set up everything for the conclusion of this season, um, and they're trying to hint at a lot more. But yeah, I mean, I kind of like I said, I wish there was a bit more throughout the season that would kind of resolve or address some of those issues like if there is some sort of cult thing around the island like i would have liked to have seen a little bit of that but it it also feels a little bit like the writers don't want to commit too much like depending on you know how long the season is going to be like it kind of reminds me of the lost storyline with the way they talked about it where it was like we have a one season plan we have a three season plan we have a five season plan and depending on how many seasons we get the story is going to change um and that kind of can work depending on how big the story is but i mean if the story is relatively the same it can't really expand much more or you're kind of wondering why aren't you developing that in season one if that's part of the same storyline so i don't know it's going to be weird if you know you start to turn on to season two and then they suddenly have new characters but like they all those characters already existed you know like lottie always existed there is a bit of that happening like i I, i'm trying to remember what like there's characters that are kind of in the background that you don't we don't really know who they are but i yeah. think as people die and stuff i think they're going to start becoming more important which is weird yeah i mean, I mean it's kind of weird if you're if, if in the present um storyline you suddenly start adding in these characters who were always there but it's not like an island where it's like someone shows up on the island that you didn't expect but it's like Oh, Lottie was always there, um, but that, they just didn't talk. They didn't talk to her, but she was always mysterious and doing something, and no one ever contacted her before, even when all this weird, crazy shit happened in the in the present. So it's kind of like, yeah, that weird. reveal that like Lottie's behind it is kind of like, well, you know, and we've seen some of the stuff she does on the island. It's like, why wouldn't you think maybe it could be her? Like, it's yeah. like some crazy reveal, but it's like, well, wait it's a reveal because we didn't know until the end, like mm-hmm. what Lottie's done, but all the characters should know. So it's a little weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they, they know who was rescued with them. Right. So they, they know when it's the, the four of them, like who isn't there. So you would think that mm-hmm. that would be like the, the first place that they would go to. Um, and even to find out if, if, if any of those people had gotten postcards, earlier yeah. on as well like you would think that that would be sure. somewhere that they, they would go with it for sure uh, and if, if, lottie, if lottie is one of the other people there hmm. since you already know she's a bit of a loose cannon it's like yes. okay you gotta check her first before <laughs> like yeah. that's your go-to person not <laughs> like taisa or whatever like that's you know so there, <laughs> there's like some weird loopholes just because they're not revealing enough um 
plot line. Nuno, uh, cliffhangers. Do they uh, are they going to bring you into season two? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I think uh, I was worried that the, that the gap between the two seasons is kind of like it seems like it's a long time. It almost seems like it's a a complete year between the two. I don't know. Um, I'm definitely interested in seeing how they resolve. Yeah, uh, just echoing Sean and Zach. I yeah, I wasn't a fan of how Adam's story wrapped up, but. I'm hoping that there's a bit more bones to that. Like, I hope it just doesn't isn't just swept under the rug. Like he, hope, they they boil him and they have to give her the bones. Is that what you're saying? Literally, yeah. literally, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no. a, a nice a nice broth <laughs> to go with the sandwich. You know, make a soup. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I I I hope I hope they progress a lot more in the flashback sequences. Uh, um, I know there's a character which has already uh has a moniker because of the internet the the antler queen and she's a character that we saw flashes of in the in the cold open of the pilot and uh i'm guessing that lottie is probably the antler queen she'd probably be the the head of like the cult um so yeah there's a lot of stuff that's that's definitely drawing me in want to see how all that plays out i kind of liked that introduced a lot of cliffhangers and story threads in the finale, as far as finale, as far as season finales go. Um, it definitely ramped up towards the end, which is, you know, not a bad thing. I enjoyed all the, um, um, all the cliffhangers cause I didn't expect it. And, uh, you know, it's something a little bit different from you know, a lot of the shows, um, uh, wrap up, uh, at a season. So it, uh, I, I am very interested in continuing on with, uh, with uh, season two. So we'll just go around uh, final thoughts and uh, rating out of five. Zach. Um, I'm probably sitting between like a 3.5 and a four for the season. Um, I would probably say a 7.5 out of 10 would probably be where it was at. (laughs) Um, If I had to to go, uh, give it a a definitive number. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it overall. I think that I think the story on itself, it, it, on its own, is compelling enough that keeps me interested. Like the the central narrative of where I see it's going. I think they do a good job of hinting at where things are going to go um, to keep you watching. Although, like, I don't necessarily always care about the immediate episodes of what I'm watching. I'm kind of always watching, more curious about how things are going to develop in terms of the overall story around everything but yeah i mean uh, like i said i I just feel like there's not enough um under maybe under normal circumstances i probably might not continue watching because there's just not enough um story development for me to really keep having an interest in what where things are going there's not enough um it's very bingeable though like it, it doesn't work for me it doesn't work as a week by week show it's more of a good binge show because there's a lot more in 10 hours than there is in <laughs> one hour episodes every week. Yeah. I I'm, I'm similar to where you are with the rating for the show. I, I think I'd give it a four out of five, uh, uh, based on, uh, I thought the performances were really good. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, 
curious to see where the story goes in season two. Like, um, you know, I, I have this overwhelming desire to finish what I start. So I, I need to finish the show and, and see what happens. Um, hopefully it doesn't get canceled before they <laughs> resolve everything and, and finish the story. But, uh, I would go with a, a four out of five, Sean. Yeah. Four out of five for me as well. Um, I, you know, I, I do think it, there's a good chance it could improve and get stronger over time. And, uh, you know, I, I think the show has done pretty well, but, and I think I heard that the season two premiere did well as well. So I, I, you know, hopefully that means they can be somewhat secure that the show's here to stay and let's just lay out our plan and execute it. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Nuno? I'm, uh, I'm going to four as well. All right, so let's uh, go to our uh, superlatives. Um, we can start with uh, uh, our, your favorite uh, secondary character, and we'll go with Sean. Uh, yeah, probably an obvious and easy one, but it's Misty. Just Is, is she I, a secondary character, or is she a main character? I was thinking about that. I feel like uh, Shauna and Jackie, at least in the first season, were framed as the main, char- main characters. She probably would be the third, though, so it's it's close. Well, I, I would say Shauna, Natalie, Tessa Natalie are probably too, yeah. the main characters because you know, uh, you know, Christina Ricci's Misty. She didn't really come in until you know third or fourth episode, I think. So she wasn't uh, uh, right from the start. But uh, so we'll we'll accept that. Uh, obviously, for me, it's also Misty. Uh, I thought she was the most fascinating character. Uh, in the first uh, season, although I did like Shauna's husband, Jeff. Um, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, Nuno? Yeah, my favorite secondary character was Lottie. Um, I liked okay. that it was it was a mystery as to whether she survives the island or not. Um, yeah, she's kind of like the the John Locke of, uh, of this crew. Um, I like her possible precognition and... Uh, yeah, all of her crazy, zany possession stuff. It's, uh, it's cool. Uh, Zach? Um, well, I don't want to reopen the debate on whether she was a secondary character or not, but I was going to say Misty as well. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say particularly I, I like the older Misty. I like Christina Ricci a lot. I thought she was really good. And I mean, I think, all like you said, I think all the – I really – I loved all the – actresses i loved julia lewis melanie linsky um christina ricci um i can't remember the name of uh who played Teresa, but I, I love i thought all of them were really good and um I, and they're all kind of unique characters i think as well that i, I quite like them um but i thought christina ricci is is probably the best at playing someone who's kind of unlikable or kind of uh at least quirky and weird um so i i liked her the most um although yeah Ta- Ta- it might, be, might be yeah it might be the main character i don't know <laughs> yeah uh tawny cypress played uh um tessa uh, i don't know if i'd ever actually seen her in anything before but she was also yeah she was really good she was in um, scream six i think or scream five as well the, the younger one oh. was yeah the you're thinking of the um, the, right. the younger Tyson. oh right 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 yeah uh, let's go with uh, uh, recasting, uh, and we'll start with uh, Nuno. I was really torn on this one um, because I found it really hard to recast. But I ended up going with, I think, Juliette Lewis, even though she is an iconic 90s actor. Um, I thought her performance was maybe 
she's a bit too far removed from the younger Natalie. And I think I enjoy the younger Natalie stories a bit better. And every time it jumped back to her, I thought maybe she was just a bit too extreme and too far removed. So, um, I don't know. I tried to find someone who matched up with the younger Natalie. And I'm going with Emily Blunt Hmm. as an adult Natalie. You know, it's interesting, like talking about matching up with the younger and older. There was a couple moments where the younger Natalie spoke and I was like, I could have swore it was just yes. his voice. Like, I don't know. I, I'm almost like, did they overdub her voice to like make the, some connection there? Like, it was really weird. Interesting. Or, or she might have just been doing a Trying Julia to talk. Lewis impression because yeah. you know, she does have a unique way of speaking. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what about you recasting? Who would you recast? Um, so this one, um, maybe I, I'm... Maybe it's more the the character. I, I wanted to recast the Adam character. I didn't I didn't like the character, but there was also something about the actor I didn't really love that much. Um, it was just maybe he's too earnest um, in the approach. I kind of wanted someone a bit more uh, realistic, um, and so you know, putting on a producer hat and keeping in line with the overall trend of the show, which is like let's try to resurrect to bring back some old actors like Juliette Lewis. I thought let's let's get somebody for this role, and I was like let's bring back Orlando Bloom to play this guy <laughs> because he needs to come back early two thousands. Uh, Orlando Bloom now playing coming back making attracting all the fans attracted to the nostalgia and memories of him. So I would put him in the role of Adam. Um, I think he could do an okay job at that too. <laughs> uh, Sean, what about you? Well, I recast Adam as well. Hmm. Um, you know, I, it's weird. Like I, I, I just feel like he could have been more interesting if he had some darkness to him or something. He just seemed like such a perfect guy. And maybe that was part of the, point of like the twist and everything but um but the actor i came up with for some reason jeremy sisto okay who i i I was thinking of his character from six feet under Mm. and somehow i was like that like he probably would be too old now but like that's what i was thinking like that style of for that character yeah i could see that um i mean i I think it's, it's kind of a weird character because like you're supposed to think he's faking it to a certain extent. Um, so everything he says comes off as inauthentic because you're supposed to be led to believe, oh, he is just acting to blackmail her in the end. But then in a weird way, it also becomes very hard, a very dislike, uh, not likable character because he's seems yeah. to be overdoing it too much. Um, there's an inauthenticity to it. I would recast, uh, um, Steven Kruger played Ben Scott, who was the assistant coach of the, uh, the soccer team. I don't know. I, I felt as like, uh, he was too, he was too suave. He was too good looking for like a, uh, for like a, like a high school sports coach. And uh, I think you need someone, you know, maybe a little more unsettling looking and someone that you don't really want to trust. Um, so I went with, uh, the star of hello ladies, Stephen Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> you nice. know what? I, I, aside from Sean, we all went with British performers. Yeah, for, yeah for that's true. Recasting. 
they, they just do it better. <laughs> they they play better Americans than Americans. <laughs> I mean, I think the guy who plays Adam is British too. I was looking. I mean, I, actually, I think the Jackie character is too. But the um, the one I know the, the actor young who sh- plays Adam. Uh, uh, the only thing I've he was he played a um, like uh, uh, I can't remember um, um, what the name of the of the of a hitman for like the Mexican cartel. What is that called? Um, there was a there was a movie with uh, Sicario. Uh, Yes, yeah, Sicario. He played a Sicario on uh, on a show called Queen of the South, which was about um, a woman who became like the the head person in a of the Mexican drug cartel and in, in into the United States. It was they had like seven or eight seasons of it. I think it was. Uh, I think it's a Netflix show, but that's the only place that I'd ever seen that guy before. And what what, what role did he play? Because I can't see him as a. Um... Yeah, he was he was like a, he was like the love interest, and he but he was okay. like a hitman, like a Sicario on this show. Okay, hmm. I can't see him too much as a hitman, but no. And then uh, all right, so let's go into our uh, top five moments, good or bad. It uh, doesn't matter, and uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Sean. Sure. Uh, okay, number five, uh, just the flashback structure. Like, yes, it's lost ask, but you know, I thought they kind of switching up a bit the the timelines and how it works and the reveals and stuff so it's it's compelling i think uh number four soundtrack as we've discussed uh number three the just the hints of supernatural and cult imagery and stuff i mean that's that always gets me going you know it's good stuff uh number two survival elements although it is uh, you know little convenient some of the uh stuff they seem to have on hand from the cabin but you know other than that i just like seeing some of the things they have to do to get by from day to day and number one just the casting as we've discussed i think a really solid cast a huge cast so many characters but uh, i think overall very very good um all right, I'll go next. Uh, my number five is the uh, like the the unexpected brutalness of the whole series, uh, which was uh, um, I didn't I didn't foresee it going into it. It would be so graphic and and so gory. Um, number four, I think just episode ten, like uh, all the like the multi story cliffhanger endings. Um, number three. Um, when Laura Lee got that fucking plane into the sky and then the teddy bear burst into flames and then the plane <laughs> fucking explodes. I just like, uh, I was, I like, I don't want to say that I laughed, but, uh, I didn't see, I, I just, I, I, the whole time I was like, well, it's going to crash and she's going to die. And, and, uh, cause clearly that's not how they get saved, but uh, I did not see it exploding in midair. Uh, number two, um, there was one moment in the entire show that had uh, a, a laugh that I think it was it was done specifically for a laugh, and I actually laughed at it. Um, it's when Jeff and Shauna are having a conversation, and and she's explaining to, that she has killed Adam, and uh, they're trying to figure out a way to 
um, you know, uh, to make it look like he was the one blackmailing the girls. And, you know, and, and she said that, uh, you know, you know, I thought you were having an affair too. And he says, wait a minute, uh, I wasn't having an affair. What do you mean having an affair to you were having an affair? And she shakes her head and he's like despondent about it. And she's like, I can't believe, uh, you thought I was going to book club this whole time. And he says, there's no book club. And it just cuts to the next scene. And I think it's the only time that they had any kind of humor in it. Uh, but it got me. I laughed. And then my favorite moment uh, was at the the reunion when the, the, the four surviving Yellow Jackets get together. They essentially kick open the door and it's uh, Offsprings come out and play because that song's a <laughs> banger and uh I, I just thought it was the perfect way for them to to enter into their 25th uh, reunion with a with a great song from the 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 late 90s uh nuno your top five all right number five uh the opening credit sequence which i guess i looked into this um it has a very 90s sounding song but it's an original song i guess uh you know written and composed for the show uh, I like that there's a uh, yeah the cool like 90s VHS uh, editing and then the closing shot how it kind of closes in on like the yellow jackets actual like team jacket which is ripped right out of the last shot from the the grassy junior high opening where it 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 always <laughs> it always zooms in on someone's back either on their their like denim butt or like I think there's a Degrassi like emblem in another season. You know, if they if they really wanted to capture everything from the mid nineties, they would have found a way to get everybody wants something by the zit remedy Absolutely. into the soundtrack. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, uh, the lost isms, the mysterious symbol, the plane crash, the is it supernatural or isn't it? Um, number three, something I forgot to mention before, which is also falls into the supernatural. Tasia sees, uh, there's a flashback where she sees uh, the man with no eyes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it, it's this little glimpse of this guy with no eyes. She sees it before her grandmother dies. Her grandmother sees it. And then even Sammy mentions a man with no eyes. So that always kind of was a really unsettling image. It's like he kind of looks like uh, 90s Michael Jackson with like a, like a Michael Myers face mask or something. <laughs> uh, number two. Uh, the, the reveal that uh, that Tasia is the scary lady that Sammy has been talking about, and number one, um, the ensemble cast in general, especially the flashback um, counterparts. Zach, um, sure, yeah. There's some overlap here. Um, uh, so I'll start. Number five was the '90s nostalgia, which I'm always there for. Um, I mean, I, I agree with Sean that it's um, they do a little bit of like the the deep cuts, so it's not the most obvious thing, and it's not necessarily um, just played for a laugh all the time. But there are a lot of like subtle things, like music cues or styles or something like that, that are part of it. I, I kind of like to inhabit that. It, it made me also think like, oh, like what else is going to be showing up in terms of the next <laughs> episodes or season? Of, like what uh, what 90s um, elements do they need to have to truly capture? Um, 
so that I, I really liked um I liked some of the scenes near um the end when they have the stakeout together. So number four is when they kind of get together and that was kind of I thought one of the more comedic sequences when they kind of have the stakeout and they're hanging out together and they're kind of getting drunk and I I kind of like I think I think Melanie Linsky is quite funny on her own. Like she's very um in terms of their kind of how they get along and everything, it's very I thought it was very funny. I thought that sequence was um quite good too i thought that storyline was quite compelling even though it didn't necessarily go somewhere after that um number three the supernatural elements as well i really liked those elements um i liked particularly like the suggestion that there's some sort of something alive in the the environment or nature itself that's like compelling something or some sort of wilderness um that is driving them or kind of causing their actions um i like that storyline um it's i'm curious to see really curious to see where how that resolves whether it's something in nature or if it's like witchcraft or something like that um uh number two again like the cast as a whole i thought was really good i i really loved all of them um and then number one was uh the music um i just love going back that's kind of similar to the 90s nostalgia elements um but i also really like the theme song as well i I kind of assumed it was a a newer one but um i I thought they did a good job trying to capture something because it keeps you guessing like oh is this from the 90s i don't remember this one but um yeah i really like the music throughout the series as well so we all agree that the offspring rules yeah, that was nice <laughs> <laughs> Um So uh, I'm, I'm assuming we'll get all of you back for the season two review podcast. Good. Yeah. Sure. Nice. All right. So, um, uh, Nuno, where can people find you? My online portfolio is uh, Nuno P or Nunop.com. You can see my uh, the variant cover uh, comic covers that I illustrate. And, and uh, my sources. Um, Sean, com. Filmjunk.com, Filmjunk on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Is Filmjunk.com still around? Yeah, just, re- just redirects to like our link tree so you get all the links to all the stuff you need. Uh, Zach? Um, I'm not really on social media anymore. The only place you can get a hold of me is uh, just classic telephone 7-Eleven outside the 7-Eleven we can find you pages you can find me (laughs) the the discord are you off the discord uh no i'm on the discord still you can you can reach me are you on there nuno i i lurk sometimes oh nice zach did you uh did you watch the seasons of the the bachelor did you finish it yeah I'm, i'm really disappointed we didn't uh talk about that this today instead because it matches up with the finale perfectly so there's so much to say and <laughs> double do episode think, do you think uh, zach and katie will will make it um i think they have a lot better of a chance than anyone else in the last like five years i think um i think they probably are on the same page uh compared to a lot of people um who got married from or not married um got engaged um so they seem Zach just seems, um, I, I thought this season was one of the more boring seasons, but I think Zach is a genuinely decent person compared to some uh, other right. people and uh, means well. And I don't see that there will be any like major red flags popping up because they both seem very nice. I, I don't know. What do you, what did you think? I, I, I kind of figured that they were, they were going to end up together. Although I don't think anybody has 
suffered as much emotional damage on a season of a reality television show than that Gabby has. Like, <laughs> it's like, like you know, she talked about. I mean, always feeling that she was second, and yeah. like the first time that she mentioned that, uh, he gave her the second rose, and then <laughs> and then she ended up being finishing in second place, and just like, like everything just like shattered inside of her being on this show and i felt kind of bad for her but uh um i'm i mean that's one of the issues with the show which is like i don't believe that anybody i i I have to believe every bachelor knows who they're going to pick by week four or five 100 and then they're just killing time dragging people along and like making them suffer them (laughs) suffer through pain for weeks um, because I'm I'm almost certain they always know pretty early on, and it's yeah. I mean, they definitely know their top three or four, week one or two. Um, maybe maybe we'll recap Bachelor in Paradise Canada, which is coming. Yeah, out. that's. I mean, Demi's coming back. If you oh, saw that, yeah, that's good stuff. Nuno, Sean, you guys excited about Bachelor in Paradise Canada? Uh, not really i mean <laughs> there was a point in my life where i was into these kind of shows but not lately john what's next on the film junk podcast i believe we will be reviewing dungeons and dragons honor among thieves <laughs> anybody gonna veto that one i think frank wanted to but oh. uh we shamed him into not doing that so <laughs> Well done, well done. Um, I'm guessing the next episode of uh, TV Junk will probably be The Mandalorian. Um, I, I think that would be the next one. We'll definitely will uh, we'll get you guys back for uh, Yellow Jackets uh, season two. Um, you know, maybe we'll do some Matlock. Who knows? There's there's endless television shows that we can do, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, uh, see what uh, if you guys have any suggestions as well. If you want to uh, send them our way, uh, TV Junk Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. You can watch Mr. Rogers. You can watch Three Company. And you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adams Family. Say, you can watch Barney Miller and you can watch your MTV. And you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head. That'll be okay with me. And you can watch 